Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now I want to read it again. There's some powerful words that are in this passage of scripture that we need to get a hold of. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. Now there's a few words I want to point out before we pray. First one is holy. He calls us holy brethren. He didn't ask you if you felt holy. He called you holy. So he sees something in us that we may not even see ourselves. But thank God, he wants to open up the eyes of our understanding that we can see something and receive something from his point of view. Amen. If we can get on the page with him, things can change. Amen. If we stay on the same page we've always been, things will stay the way that they've always been. But I'm thankful that God calls those things that be not as though they were. Brothers and sisters, he sees something in you that it's a good chance that you don't see yourself. You, but just because you don't see it right now doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. Next word, partakers. He says that he's got something for us that he wants us to be a partaker in that he wants to take us to take a hold of. And that is his heavenly call. There is a call of God on every one of our lives. And I've got a friend that sent me a little, little thing and it said this here. Somebody's waiting for you to step into the place that God's called you to be. Somebody's life is depending on you because there's a call of God on your life. You know, might not be called to the fivefold ministry of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or the teacher, but there is a heavenly calling on your life. And God's got something for you to do that nobody else can do. And somebody's life is depending on us to step into that place. Now he says also, consider something. I might not see it like that, but consider this. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or the things that we confess or the things that we say that we believe who was faithful to him who appointed him Brothers and sisters, God's looking for a characteristic that's inside of us. And that's a characteristic of faithfulness. 
said, if you ask about that person, give me a characteristic about this person. It ought to be about all of us, isn't it? I tell you one thing about them. They're faithful. They're faithful. Faithful to him that appointed him, and as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Pray with me and believe with me this morning. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And I ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning, that you would help me to communicate the truth of your word, that you would help me to co communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And that by faith, we would take a hold of the heart of God and the truth of God today so that our lives could be enhanced. So that we would see things from another point of view as you see us. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody said, when you find a, a wherefore in the Bible, you will find out what it's there for, those wherefores. So there's some things that he's put a wherefore here that he wants us to see about ourselves. And I'm thankful that God doesn't look at just at things in the natural, but he looks at things, he looks at us in the spiritual. And I give you a picture of that. What he saw Gideon... He called Gideon and said to him and called him a man of valor, a man of bravery, like a warrior when he looked at him. But Gideon didn't see this thing because where he was at, he was hiding from the enemy and hiding in the wine press where nobody else couldn't see him. But God saw something in him, and I'm here to tell you today that God sees something in you that you may not see yourself. And he wants us to rise up and be who he sees us to be. He called Abraham, and he called Abraham a father of many nations. And he called him a father of many nations when he had no children whatsoever. You say, well, how in the world can I be a father of many nations? And I don't even have any offspring. Because God sees something that we don't see. And he sees something that he wants us to see. And in Hebrews 4 and 17, it says that faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And whatever your situation and whatever you're dealing with and whatever you're faced with today, let that spirit of faith rise up inside of us and let it move our mouth. Because if it can move our mouth, it can move our mountain. Amen. If it can move our mountain, it can move our situation. Yes. 
Jesus said, I didn't say, Jesus said, say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou cast into the sea. Amen. Not doubt in your heart, and it would obey you. Mm -hmm. Now, do we say Jesus' words? Do we believe what Jesus said? Or when we come to that one, do we need to take that page and tear it out? No, let's not tear it out. There's some things that I have found out about tearing out a passage of Scripture, and I've said, I've, I've said this. I said, I've always wanted to do that. Take a Bible, and when you get to that point, you say, do you believe this? And somebody say, I don't believe that. You say, rip it out of the Bible. Because when it's ripped out of the Bible, you won't have no, it don't say it no more. But there's something that I've realized about that. Not only is that promise that we just didn't believe tore out, but there might be two or three or four more promises that's on that same page. Because in our Bibles, there's something on usually on the front side and the back side. And the things that we tear out or with things that we choose not to believe or we choose not to receive or choose not to take a hold of. And brothers, there's something that's an enemy that's always called doubt and unbelief that's always trying to steal away from us. But he wants us to get a hold and hold on to those things that he says. Because if, he, if we can hold on to the things that he says, we can have what he says. Now, how much do I need what God says that I have. And just because I may not feel like I'm possessing possessing it today is no sign that I don't have it. Back to the illustration of Gideon. God called him a man of valor. A mighty man of valor. Why did he call him that? Because he needed Gideon to step up and to rise up to be a deliverer for the children of Israel. And God needs us to step up and rise up to be the person in the church of God today that we would carry that message there's somebody that's waiting on us, that's depending on us to rise up to that place so that you can speak something into their life, so that you can shine the light on their path that they come to Jesus, so that they can be delivered from the power of the enemy. This, brothers and sisters, is one of the reasons why he says and he calls us holy brethren. You say, well, I'm not even that faithful. I'm not even that consecrated or committed. But just because we may not be that consecrated or committed, God calls us something because he doesn't want us to stay the way that we are. He wants us to move to the thing that he's called us to be. And he always puts something for us to rise up to. Here he's calling us Holy brethren. Well, I'm not in, he's might say, I'm not in the ministry. He's not called me 
holy. Oh, yes, he's called you to be holy. He's called us all to be holy, to be consecrated to God and consecrated to the things of God. Did you know that there were um, articles and instruments and utensils that were used in the worship of God in the Old Testament that were consecrated to the service of God and even though they were drawn out of the house of God and I'm thinking mainly that something that happened with, the, with these here utensils and all when they were the children of Israel were led into captivity and over in Babylon and all of these vessels that were consecrated to God just before the children of Israel were allowed to, to come back to Jerusalem, there was something that happened with these here utensils. Belshazzar had decided that he was going to take these here holy vessels and he was going to desecrate them and use them for what he wanted to do. And they weren't just used for a party. They were used for things that were abomination or things that God utterly hated. And these things were holy. And can you imagine what took place when they desecrated these here holy things of God or these things that were dedicated to God? That there, there's a handwriting, a hand that comes up here and starts writing on the wall. And if there was writing on the wall, I guarantee you it would have everybody's attention in this house this morning. And it says some things that they couldn't interpret. But there was a man of God. Who could interpret them? Why was, why was he able to interpret this? Because he was holy and consecrated to God. And he spoke something about these here vessels. But he spoke something mainly about the hearts of the people. And he said, you've been weighed in the balance. Brothers and sisters, don't let things go in your life. Pull things back into check. Don't let things get out of place and in order. Because God is calling. And he's calling us to be a peculiar people. A people that are zealous for the things of God. A people that's consecrated to God. And holiness has more to do than just the name that's on a church. Say, that's the holiness church. You know, that's what people used to say about this, about the church of God here. I've heard my aunt and all say, that said that that's the hold that's that's the holiness church. Well, it wasn't their holiness church, it was just the church of God assigned. But they knew that there was something about it. They called it, they said it in a derogatory way. They said it in a condescending way. I didn't appreciate it when it came out of her mouth. 
But brothers and sisters, see yourself, allow yourself to, to see how God views us. And when he calls us holy, don't say, that ain't me. If my lifestyle is not adding up with it, change the lifestyle to add up with it. But side in with what the Spirit of God is calling us. He needed Gideon to rise up because he needed a man of valor. He needs us to rise up because he needs a holy, consecrated people in the house of God. In the church. It's kind of funny that the name Church of God ties in with what he's saying. That he needs that in the house of God. Or in God's house. That we be consecrated and holy to the things of God. And how we, we, we shouldn't be ones that say, those things don't matter anymore. If they matter, they matter. Amen. If they mattered then, they matter now. And there's something here that the apostle, and many don't believe that the apostle Paul was the writer of the book of Hebrews, but I do believe that he is. And he calls those things that be not as though they were. He sets a goal, and then he's saying, people of God, rise up to this. People of God, embrace this. Take a hold of it and run with it. And don't let the natural dictate to you who you are. You, you dictate to the natural who you are. By the power of God. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Now, when I see somebody that's a partaker of something, I see somebody that has made a conscious decision. I'm going to take a hold of this. For you to come to church today, you had to make a conscious decision to be a partaker of this service today. You had to leave from where you were to get to where you are now so that you could be a partaker or a participator in this service today. And he wants us to be partakers of his heavenly calling. That's why I say there is a call of God that's on your life. And there's something for you to do that nobody else can do. And don't never take that attitude. Just let so-and-so do it. Because they can do it better than I can. So-and-so cannot do your job for you. So-and-so can never do what you're called to do. So-and-so can do what they're called to do. And God does not want us to sit back in, with a spirit of timidity, but he wants us to rise up with a spirit of boldness and declare the works of the Lord. We're partakers of this heavenly call. Will we rise up and say, like Isaiah said, 
Here I am, Lord. Use me. He didn't say, so-and-so can do it better. Use them. He said, here I am, Lord. Use me. Did you know that willingness has a lot to do with this thing of being a partaker? It's not like the thing of, you come on and do this. And we're kicking and screaming the whole time. Brother Mitchell said he brought a thing one time to church on Wednesday night. And he said that he was, uh, him and his generation were raised on drugs. He said they were drugged to church. <laughs> if they misbehaved, they were drugged to the woodshed. <laughs> that they were raised on drugs. Brothers and sisters, God doesn't want us to have to be drugged mm -hmm. to do the things. He wants us to be willing. Just like the heart of Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. Use me. And you might say, I'm not fit, I'm not qualified. Did you know that the same power of God that called you is the same power of God that can qualify you? I got one, amen. That was a perfect chance. Thank you, Lord. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Now, this here word consider. Because a lot of times we think that we qualify just on our own basis. But I'm, I'm here to tell you. Don't ever factor out Jesus and the power of God in the equation. Mm -hmm. If Gideon would have done this, he would have never rose up and led the children of Israel. If Moses would have done this, he would have never led the children of Israel out of captivity. And if we do it, we will never rise to the places that God's got for us mm -hmm. to walk in. Even though we're a partaker of his heavenly call, if we don't consider Jesus and we factor in the, the equation, into the equation, the power of God, because the children of Israel, when it was time to cross over the Jordan River into the promised land, they said we can't. They considered their own selves. They did not consider or factor in the power of God. And brothers and sisters, if we don't factor in the power of God and factor in Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our profession will stay stuck on this side when there's promises that he wants us to walk in over on this side. Because doubt and unbelief will always hold us captive to what we can't do when the power of God is saying, I remember my babies when they were little and just starting to getting ready to start the walk they could stand up but every time they would take a step they would fall and fall on their butt but here it, the way that 
I was with my kids, I believe is the same way that God, because I think this is a God quality, that I, I, they would be standing over there and I would get down where they were at on their level and I would stick my hands out to them and I would say, you can do it. Come on. Come on, come to daddy. Come to daddy. And they would be encouraged to turn loose of what they were holding on to and take a step. Brothers and sisters, if you don't take the first step, you won't take the next step. That's good preaching right there. If you don't take the first step, you won't take the next step. Now here he is, and Jesus is called something. He's called the apostle and high priest of our profession. What are we believing? What is it that we are professing? And not only that, but this here word goes right on and explains like this, that we're in agreement with him, or this is, he is the high priest of the things that we're saying. He's the high priest of our confession. Now, Satan said, I'll exalt my throne above the most high. And he was kicked out because of it. Jesus is the high priest of our profession or the high priest of our profession or the high priest of the things that we say. Now, are the things that we're saying being presented to God to raise us up and take us on over? Or are the things that we're saying so negative that the enemy is using them, that they're building up the kingdom of darkness. I can guarantee you this, your words are doing one of the two. My words are doing one of the two. That's where Jesus said, and the Bible says that life and death, blessing and cursing, is in the power of the tongue. And he gives us something, and he says, choose life. So at the same time that we can choose life, we can choose death. That's right. But we don't have to. That's why the Old Testament writer said, I set a guard over my mouth. I set a watch over my mouth to guard the things that come out of it. Because here Jesus is called the high priest of our profession or the high priest of the things that we say or the high priest of the things that I'm saying about myself or about my situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you would check on the things that you say, Amen. You, should, you say, I sure hope to God don't bring that to pass. I don't need a crop like that in my life. Because a lot of times we're wanting pity from somebody else. Mm -hmm. 
Some might have sighed in with me. Brothers and sisters, God wants to side in with us, but he doesn't want us to just to side in so that we can be padded. He wants to side in with us so that change can take place. Somebody is waiting for us to rise up to our place. Their life is depending on us. Don't ask me what their name is. Don't ask me who they are. But I know that there's people. And in closing today, I'm going to tell you one that happened to me this week. First part of the week, we had a, at work, we had a truck that was coming to deliver things. And the fellow that was driving the truck was from Texas. And time I drove up, I saw him out here. He was on the phone talking. And when it was time for him to come in so that we could unload him, we just carried on just a casual conversation. And in the course of the conversation, we got talking just a little bit about Jesus. And he told me about a friend of his that he said that his friend had had a, a truly change in his life. He said because the things that he said now, he didn't say before, and it was a radical change that had taken place in his life. And he said he was originally from Jamaica, but he was living in Texas, this man I was talking to. And he, he said that there's a lot of different groups of people, there's a lot of Christian people that was in there. He said he had a grandmother that was Pentecostal. He said, I had an aunt that was Seventh-day Adventist. He said that there's a lot of people that they're kind of spiritual, but they really don't know who Jesus is. They think that he's a good man. Like in the Old Testament, he would have been a prophet, you know, just a good man. But they don't really believe that he's the son of God. I said that's where I differ from, from, from that group of people. Because Jesus is everything to me. And I said, he's like the hub that's in the center of this wheel. I said, everything pivots and rotates around Jesus as the hub. He's the thing that holds everything together. And then in a little bit more in the conversation, I said, uh, would you like to meet Jesus? I said, I'll introduce him to you. He said, yeah, I would, I would like to meet him. I said, give me just a second. I went to my truck, and I reached down, and I grabbed my Bible. And I opened it up to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And I took him just a verse or two before. I said, how about read this? And he read it. I said, um, I'll lead you in prayer and you, read, you follow. And I led him in prayer. And we exercised. We mixed faith and took a hold of Romans 10, 9 and 10. And I told him, I said, now you're a new creature. 
Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I said, uh, call your friend and tell him what happened. Now, I wasn't insinuating, or I didn't think I was insinuating, call him right this minute. I just meant call him during the day. He took his phone out, and he punched his friend's number in. And then they, they were in their Jamaican dialect. And his friend's name was Howard. I said, I said Howard, where, 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 where do you live? He said, Creedmoor. I said, I said, so you were up right around Raleigh? He said, yeah. Now I can't, yeah, mine. <laughs> so we carry on a three-person conversation. Brothers and sisters, God was waiting for that man, Howard, to rise up, to take his place so he could be an influence on this man that I was talking to. He was waiting for me to rise up and take my place so yes, that yeah. I could be used instrumental in leading him to the Lord. But it took both of us working together, but never factor out the fact that Jesus, the, high, the apostle and high priest of our profession, had on both of us. Brothers and sisters, no matter how things look today, that's not where God's got you going. He's got a lot of things in front of you. And he's got a lot that we need to rise up to. But it's all done by the power of God that worketh in us all. So, you can rejoice because there's another brother that's born into the family of God. You can rejoice because there's another brother that loves Jesus in Creedmoor. Yes, and he used the man that was in Creedmoor's testimony to have an effect on a man in Texas that was from Jamaica. Thank you, Lord. And you're no different. Thank you, Lord. God's got something for us all to do. Yes, and I want to say this in closing. Every one of us need to know what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. Mm -hmm. We should meditate on that until it gets so big in our heart that we can't forget what it says. That if we would believe in our heart and confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, that we'd be saved. Mm -hmm. That's it in a nutshell. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Here's a beautiful picture of Jesus, the high priest of our profession. That man called on Jesus that day, and Jesus made good his words, or made him a new creature. Stand with me this morning.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Father, I'm going to rise up. I'm not going to stay where I have been. I want to rise up. I want to be the man. I want to be the woman that you have called me to be. There's somebody's life that's depending on me. I'm not going to turn them loose and let them fall. But I'm going to rise up. And I say, Lord, with a humble heart, as Isaiah said, Here I am, Lord. Use me. I consecrate myself to you. I follow after you with all of my heart. And I thank you for doing this in my life. I speak the blessing of God over your life that we would go in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.